Hey everyone, I'm Kelly Mobeck, a coach and a leadership trainer, and I'm super passionate about helping you find out who you are authentically as a leader, own it, and go out and make an impact in your life and the lives of others. This world needs your leadership, your gifts, your unique brilliance, and I believe that real leaders don't wait, they create. I know firsthand that life is gonna throw us curveballs, that we're gonna doubt our greatness, our ideas and our contributions. And my goal is that you believe in yourself beyond reason. And I get to be a coach and a champion for you each week so that you feel inspired, motivated, and most important in action toward your unique impact in this world. So let's jump in. Hi there, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. This is Coach Kelly. And on today's episode, we're going to take a nap. I'm just kidding. We're not taking a nap. And in fact, I am so energized and I trust you are going to be too, because I am so excited for our guest today. She is going to dive into the importance of sleep and taking care of ourselves especially during this pandemic. I'm really excited for you guys to meet her. You are going to love her. And I'm personally excited because we just set the clocks back. And I know people say we got an hour. Well, I just have to tell you, my body is saying something different. Like it doesn't love it. It doesn't love it. And y'all know that I have four dogs and they don't know any different. They don't. So I'm just saying, but Let me just wish you all a happy November. We are in a brand new month, which is always a fresh start. So let's do this by taking a look at our self-care and talk about some strategies to support us in taking the lead in our life, shall we? Let's dive in and create a leadership distinction. As I mentioned, we're going to take on self-care today and the importance of sleep, and managing ourselves during this pandemic and beyond. As a leader, self-care is non-negotiable. We cannot contribute to others if we're not taking care of ourselves, and sleep is one of the most important components of that. It affects us in our day-to-day action, and every single principle we have been talking about since the beginning of this podcast would be challenging to tap into if you're not taking care of yourself, and if you're not getting really good sleep. If you are any of my clients listening today, you know we talk about this, and it's a non-negotiable. I'm like a bulldog about sleep. I am really passionate about this subject because there was a time in my life that I began really, really unhealthy sleep habits and kept pushing through. You guys have probably heard the sayings, sleep is overrated, you can sleep when you're dead. Well, I made up a self-limiting belief that if I didn't keep pushing through and producing more, then I really wasn't a leader. What? Like, just listen to that for a minute. It doesn't even make sense. But isn't it amazing the rules we make up because of things we hear? So I'm here to tell you right here and right now that it's complete baloney and the lack of sleep contributed to some pretty serious health health problems that I got to take on and it wasn't fun and it was pretty serious. So I promise when you take care of you, let your body rejuvenate, you will have all the time that you need. 
Just saying. Okay, so I'm going to just stop talking and preaching that because I want to get to our guest because she is amazing and she is going to bring it. So get ready because if you think I'm passionate about this, my friend is is even more passionate about this. I'm a huge fan of hers and she is my go-to on all things sleep. So without further ado, I am going to introduce you all to Dr. Andrea Matsumura. I get to call her Dr. Dre, so you're going to hear me refer to her that way. And Dr. Matsumura was born in San Antonio, Texas, and attended the University of Texas Health Science Center in San Antonio for medical school. She had a desire to explore and thought she was an East Coaster for sure. Hello, hello. She and I are going to meet, by the way at Madison Square Garden and see Billy Joel. We have declared that out loud. So I'm just interjecting that because she and I both have a love for Billy Joel and New York. So I digress. Okay. Little did she know when she did an externship as a fourth year medical student in Oregon that she would fall in love with the West Coast and all things involving the outdoors. She quickly switched gears and ended up finishing her internal medicine residency in Portland, Oregon. She worked as a hospitalist for a few years and moved into the outpatient care setting as a primary care physician. It was there that her spark for the love of sleep medicine started. While trying to manage chronic medical conditions, she quickly realized that sleep is the juggernaut for wellness. And she went on to complete a fellowship in sleep medicine at Oregon Health and Science University, OHSU. And Dr. Matsumura describes herself as a holistic sleep medicine physician and enjoys public speaking on all things sleep. Sleep is a vital sign that has yet to be discovered as the key for how everything else is managed in one's life indeed. So I am so excited to welcome Dr. Andrea Matsumura to the podcast. Dr. Dre, today's the day. Welcome. I'm so happy you're here. How are you doing? I am doing great because I got enough sleep last night. Yes, you did. Yes, (laughs) you did. Thanks for having me, Kelly. Absolutely. I am thrilled, thrilled that you're here. So let's let's start with the obvious because we just set the clocks back. Can you help us demystify daylight savings? And are there any strategies to assist us through that first week? Yes. So first off, when we fall back, we actually go back to standard time. So when we move our clocks back an hour or advance the clock, that's that's actually the medical term, uh, we're going to, quote unquote, gain an hour of sleep. And uh, that is actually in line with what we call standard time. And so my plug is that we've moved our clocks back and we should not go back to daylight savings time, which is, which is what happens in the spring and March when we quote unquote spring and then we lose an hour of sleep because we're trying to garner all that daylight in the evenings. 
And there's a lot of controversy, a lot of history around it. It was around 1895 that this whole concept started uh, with an entomologist in New Zealand. And then since then, every country has had, pretty much every country has had some form of daylight savings time introduced into their their culture. And I'm really not a fan of daylight savings time because what that does is it already it reduces the amount of sleep that most people get already to begin with. And we should just leave it the way it is starting today. And that when we lose that sleep in March, you know, we live in a chronically sleep deprived society. And so Mm -hmm. then what that does, it messes with uh, people's sleep time. They're already short on sleep. And then when they lose that one hour. There's actual statistical evidence out there. There A couple of studies that were done in Canada that shows that there's an increase in heart attacks and strokes. There's an increase in motor vehicle accidents. Uh, People just don't do well when we move back to daylight savings time. And so we have to ask ourselves, physiologically, is that the best thing for the human race? You know, Mm -hmm. are we supposed to be doing this? Or is this just something that's been introduced into into our global community to benefit other aspects of society that don't really have anything to do so much with how physiologically we function. That's incredible. That's incredible. <laughs> I mean, I think just alone, the statistics on what happens is pretty dramatic. It, it, it And it certainly makes sense to me. Are there any, I'm with you. I'm like, I'm with you. Let's stop. Let's stop the madness. (laughs) Let's get the proper sleep. Are there any strategies that can help us through adjusting? Because some some places don't change. Some places do. How do we deal with that? Well, you know, so some people don't like what we've just done, which is advancing our clock. Because Mm -hmm. like, like what you were saying earlier, your dogs don't know the difference. They get used to it over time. And I will say that when we think about how our bodies work, uh, you know, every single cell in your body works on a circadian rhythm and our bodies adjust to standard time way easier than they actually adjust in the spring when we spring forward. Losing that one hour of sleep and then continuing to be short on sleep for a period of time because where did that one hour go, right? So Mm -hmm. we have to make up for it and we don't really make up for it by going to bed any earlier. Going back to your question, you had said, how can we make, how can we ease into these changes a little Mm -hmm. bit, make it a little bit easier for ourselves? Well, so like for instance, right now, going to bed a little bit earlier would be helpful because you're going to get up earlier. Like little kids and dogs don't know any different. They're going to still get up. And instead of six, they're going to get up at five now. Right. And so then you kind of have to do yourself a favor. And maybe the week before you know that we're all moving the clocks back and advancing them, maybe start going to bed 15 minutes earlier and then maybe 30 minutes earlier. So if you can kind of gain that extra 30 minutes of sleep. So for instance, if I go to bed at 10 o'clock, but I know that, you know, this came upon us here in November and we're now in standard time again, ideally like this week before Halloween happened over the weekend and everything, we were actually going to bed a little bit earlier. So like 15 minutes ahead of time, 20 minutes, 25, 30 minutes. So that way it's, it's not so, not so difficult when the 
other people are waking you up or you're suddenly waking up because you're used to getting up at a particular time and you've had to advance your clock. So the same would happen in the spring. So in the spring, we lose an hour. So again, you still want to go to bed a little bit earlier. It's the same concept okay. of going to bed a little bit earlier because you're losing an hour of sleep. Okay. So in other words, right now, you had wanted to go to bed earlier so that way you can adjust to everything else still waking up. Everything else in, in life, maybe around you, still waking up early in the, in the old time mm-hmm. sense. But if we happen to spring forward in March, then you also want to go to bed earlier because you want to make up for that lack of sleep that you're going to lose. So overall, I think we should just stick where we're at and (laughs) we should tell our government that, that we don't need extra daylight at night. We actually need it in the morning because that's when our brains function in terms of setting and what I call anchoring or wake time. We need bright light in the morning and we need darkness in the evening. Mm-hmm. So, so that way we accomplish that sleep, what we call homeostasis, so that our wake cycle, our, our circadian wake cycle is really high in the morning. And then it, it naturally reduces by the time evening hits. During the summer, when we have daylight and we extend it too far out, then your brain doesn't know what to do. Should I go to sleep? Is it is it time to go to sleep? There was yeah. it was just daylight like two hours ago, <laughs> that kind of stuff. So, gosh, that makes so much sense. So, you heard it. We we must have a case to keep it standard, correct? Keep standard, it standard standard time, standard. Yeah, yes. it is really confusing. And so I was I hope hopefully I was able to explain how we uh, how we break down that day. Daylight savings time versus standard time. And yeah, I think yeah. you did a great job. I think you did a great <laughs> job. And I think, I think we get confused. I mean, I remember as a kid being like, yay, we get more, you know, this and that. But here's the interesting thing, too. I also remember as a kid because I my parents were like, it would stay light. I, I grew up in California, I've been here my whole life. It would stay light until, I don't know, almost nine o'clock sometimes. But our bedtime was like strictly 7.30, something like that. We were younger, younger. We weren't teenagers. Could you imagine? And I remember I would still hear kids playing outside. And I was like, this is, how can I sleep? So anyhow, I think we just got a, an even playing field for all. Hello. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It just sounds, it, it, I, I am a big fan of sleep and getting the proper sleep. So I'm with you. The other thing I would love for you to share with our listeners is your top sleep hygiene practices and why they're important. I am so excited about this because there's so many, but I think hearing it from you, it's just going to be like, yes. Can you share? Absolutely. I mean, I'm guessing a bunch of really motivated entrepreneurs are listening to this podcast and that phrase type A person, right? The go, 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 go person. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the best things that you can do for yourself, one of the most important things you can invest in is actually getting that seven to nine hours of sleep. I always love it when people say, oh, I can function great on five or six hours of sleep. No, you really can't. There are actual studies that show that your reaction time is slower. Your memory consolidation is not as good as it could be if you actually get your seven to nine hours of sleep. And most people know 
when they're a nine hour person or when they're closer to like a seven or eight hour person. Uh, That's all about learning to listen to your body. The most important thing is letting go of your electronics at least an hour before bed. That Mm -hmm. is the absolute most important thing that anybody can do and developing a, what I like to call a bedtime routine. Okay. So around an hour before you go to bed, you really want to start winding down, getting yourself ready for sleep, Mm -hmm. getting rid of anything that's stimulating. So while some people love to read, I personally, when I read, it doesn't matter how stimulating the book is. If I open it in about five pages, I'm ready for bed. But if, (laughs) if if you're the person who is entranced by a book and it will push your bedtime later, then that's not really the best time for you to read. So picking things that allow you to relax and turn your brain off rather than light it up. So mm-hmm. if if a book lights your brain up, that's not what you should be doing. If loud music lights your brain up or the, obviously the television, all electronics light your brain up because they send signals to your brain that make you want to stay awake. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some people ha- uh, have a relaxing bath or have a nice cup of tea or just kind of sit in a quieter room or, you know, all those kinds of things allow people to start to turn the brain off, prepare it for sleep. Those are the best things that you can do. The the biggest one that I see in all ages is that people take their phones to their bed mm-hmm. pad or whatever, or their Kindle and all those uh, just letting you all know all of those devices, all those programs that filter out particular types of light, they work so-so. They're not, they're great because something's better than nothing, but they're not perfect. And they are still allowing your brain to get some of that light signal in. And we have nerve cells in our eye that connect directly to our wake center. So Mm -hmm. any of that light that shines in your eyes is just telling your brain to stay awake. Okay. So... That's the most important thing. And, and you know, right now with everything going on with this pandemic, it's even more important to be kind to yourself and to really give yourself that, that ability to get enough sleep. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. I just think that the sleep routines are so important and not like working us to like complete exhaustion to where we're like, oh, I've just got to pass out. But like, having that routine. And it's with anything. We've got to have routines. And I also think that practicing a routine, like you're not going to be perfect at first, but practicing it. I loved what you had said earlier, like go to bed 15 minutes earlier and then, you know, maybe add in another 15, right? So that you're stair-stepping into it. It's so interesting because again, I work with lots of entrepreneurs, go-getters, leaders. And so a lot of times people want to catch up. Like, well, I'm just going to lay down and I'm just going to catch up on social media. This is my, this is my social media time. And they've got their phones and, and they're like, and it actually just puts me to sleep. And I'm always like, I feel like you're just exhausted. Is, is that true? Like, what would you say to that? I would say, yeah, you're just really exactly what you said. You're just really exhausted. I love it when people tell me that, they can they can look at uh, you know their phones and then go right to sleep, or they can have a double espresso and go right to sleep. That caffeine never really affects them. 
Well, all that is telling me and confirming is that you're not getting enough sleep and you're chronically sleep deprived. Okay. So uh, in the setting of chronic sleep deprivation, which means I'm not getting eight hours of sleep. Sure. Pretty much if you did anything that was stimulating, if you're sleepy enough, your brain is going to overwrite that and just go right to sleep. Because if you're beginning to relax, it doesn't matter if you've had caffeine or any kind of caffeinated beverage. It doesn't matter if you have electronics. I mean, you'll, you'll fall right to sleep. Mm-hmm. The key is getting enough sleep. Yes, because I feel like if you're just if if that's happening, then your body's still running on a deficit. It's not actually getting to that rejuvenation. Is that true? That is right. It's and it's not onesie twosie things. So a lot of times people will say, "Oh, well, you know, I make up on the week for time on the weekends. You know, I just have too much to do during the week." And that's just not how our bodies optimally work. They work on routines. Mm-hmm. So when people tell me that, I'll tell them, so do you skip like brushing your teeth half the week? I mean, you know, like, <laughs> how does that work? You can't, you can't just like make up sleep and expect to feel good. In, in other words, there's this opportunity for people. They have this opportunity to feel that much better, be that much more efficient if they actually invested in act and getting the right amount of sleep. Hello. Are you hearing this? <laughs> Hello. This is from Dr. Matsumura. She's telling you, she's telling you, please listen. I think it's super true. One of the things too, that I keep hearing, especially since the start of the pandemic is, I mean, it is, it is really disrupted sleep and, and, you know, higher anxiety, higher stress, things like that. Do you have any advice for us on how we take care of ourselves during this time? Yes. I always tell all of my patients that you deserve to feel better and get good sleep. And there is clearly it's it's affecting everyone and there is definitely higher rates of anxiety. And what I would say to that is, you know, engage your your provider, engage your primary care doctor, let them know what's happening in your life. Seek out ways to help reduce that level of stress in your life. Anxiety, it's it's pervasive. Many, many people have it. If you have families and everybody's at home and everybody's having to be on the computer all day long, that's all the more reason to unplug at night and have some sacred family time in the evenings. The other piece is just acknowledging the fact that, you know, life just is messed up right now. It's, <laughs> it's you know, it's just yeah. not what we had expected. And And give yourself a little bit of a break and let yourself off the hook. Allow yourself to have that time to rest and recharge because, life's on tilt right now. It's mm-hmm. just, it's just not, not what we expect. And it's okay. It's okay to feel anxious. It's also, there's also a piece of normalizing it. Mm-hmm. I've told that to my own kids. I've got two high schoolers and it, we would be remiss if we didn't say, oh no, you should, you should be able to stare at your computer for six hours a day and call it school. No, mm-hmm. it's weird. So, yeah, acknowledging all the things that we have had to accommodate during this pandemic, understand that everybody, do not feel alone. Everybody is dealing with 
things around this pandemic right now, causing increased stress and anxiety. Call it for what it is. Seek out some help, ways to reduce your level of anxiety and get enough sleep because you'll function that much better the next day. And if you're not getting that sleep, you're waking up in the middle of the night, that is all the more reason to seek some help. I love that. I love that. I love that you're giving us permission to normalize this. Our brain does not love uncertainty. It doesn't know what to do with it. And so to acknowledge, yeah, this is a funky time and what we're experiencing, that's okay. Like it's, it's okay. There, it, you, there's nothing, you're not wrong. And so to right. normalize that, because I think a lot of times when we acknowledge what is so now we can say, okay, here's where I need help. And here's where I'm going to go. And I love that you're advocating, like, check in with your primary care and get some help. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with getting the help. There's no reason to suffer through not getting the sleep that you need or feeling anxious or stressed throughout the day because we're in in the middle of this pandemic. Yeah. 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 Thank you for that. I think it's just so important. I know you've got two teenage sons. I've got two sons in college. And I'll, I remember I, <laughs> my oldest one, he's actually in dental school now. He's just starting dental school at UCLA, go Bruins. And you had said, what did you say? Oh, when you were talking about, would you, would you uh, brush your teeth only once a week? I was like, well, Dr. Bradley would say, that's terrible. Mouth hygiene. <laughs> I thought it was such a great comparison. But I remember when he was going into college and I bought him a book. I, I'm going to have to check in and see if I think he started to read it. But, I, you know, in college, you just have so many books to read. But it was by Ariana Huffington and it was Thrive. And you know how she's on a mission that people need to sleep because she was one of those that believed I only need three, four hours maybe. And she kept pushing through until she literally passed out, you know, at work and stuff. So she was on a, she's a, on a maniac on a mission too about sleep, sleep, sleep. And I remember I bought her book. I read it. I'm like, yes, I saw her speak. And then I bought it for my children. I'm like, hi, you must read this, learn, <laughs> right? Because I think sometimes back in college, like sleep, it, you've got so many things that's happening and all, all of the mm-hmm. things. So I, you know, I don't know that we have that importance about sleep. So what would you tell your younger self about sleep? Oh, goodness. Yes. Well, so a lot of us will burn the candle at both ends Mm -hmm. and spend way too much time partying Mm -hmm. (laughs) in college. That's in college. But then also when you get out of college and you're trying to develop your career and then you you may or may not want to start a family. All these things are happening and you end up really sleep. What I would tell myself is that all those other things outside of the core pieces in your life that are really important, all those other things really are not important. So mm-hmm. making sure your house is clean, making sure you eat, you answered that last email, all of those things, if they encroach on your sleep and your constantly not giving yourself enough sleep. That's what I would tell my younger self is Mm -hmm. don't sweat all the small stuff. Just focus on the few things that are really important and make sure you get enough sleep. I mean, there's studies that show now there's some good data that's coming out that shows that when people are chronically sleep deprived, there's an increased risk for cancer. 
There's an increased risk for cardiovascular events. So data is starting to surface now showing that people are, it's a, it's a detriment when we're chronically sleep deprived. Wow. That's incredible. It's just, it's so important. It just is. I remember going through some pretty serious health stuff and it was completely contributed to really bad sleep habits. And so Mm -hmm. switching those up. So I think that's great. And I know when we're younger, we just feel like invincible. We've got all the time. And so I think when we take ownership Like I'm always saying this, if I'm in ownership for myself 20 years from now, what are the habits I'm putting into place today to support 20 years from now? So I love that message. And I also love how you said, don't sweat the small stuff. It's just small stuff. Get some sleep. I love that. I think that's amazing. Thank you. You guys, you're hearing it from Dr. Dre. Okay. (laughs) You're hearing it from her. I think I know what you might say, but I wanted to just ask you a message for all the listeners, not just the young ones. What would you say? Well, gosh, for all the listeners, I would say, obviously, I'm here talking about sleep. And so I always tell people that they deserve to get good sleep. That's one of my one of my little mottos that I that the drum that I beat consistently. And I tell people you know, your brain, that's how it cleans itself out. Like we develop waste products all day long in our brain. And the only way that we clean the brain out, get rid of all the waste products is if we get enough sleep because we have to get into REM sleep Uh and we have to get enough sleep. And that's when we clean, clean our brain out. So I would say sleep is like food for your brain. You do not want to starve your brain. Oh, so. Yes, that's I love what I that. Would say. <laughs> so do you feel like I I think that's I think that's important and I and and what you're saying is listen, we deserve that. We we deserve to give ourselves the opportunity to rejuvenate and think clearly, be focused. So a question for you. In the morning if we wake up, you know how in the morning you wake up and it's just like, oh, this is foggy and sluggy. We didn't clean our brain out, did we? Well, it depends on how much sleep you got. So sometimes there's other things that can affect your sleep. So if you have other medical conditions that could be affecting the quality of your sleep, then that's why you might not wake up feeling refreshed. But by and large, if you wake up and you feel groggy, it's because you probably didn't get enough sleep or the quality of your sleep was affected. So, so many things in our life affect our sleep. I mean, something as simple as the pillow that you use, Mm -hmm. the climate of your room, if you exercise or you don't exercise, all those things affect your sleep. Okay. And it's, it's a little bit more complicated than we think it is sleep. We should, we think we should, should just be able to fall asleep no matter what, when, where, but our brains really love uh, habits. They really love falling asleep at the same time, waking up at the same time. Mm. They do not love napping during the day Mm -hmm. for long periods at a time, even though people try to do that to make up for lack of sleep. So get the sleep, get enough sleep, go to sleep at the same time, wake up at the same time. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. You you heard it right here. I I agree. 100%. I'm a terrible napper. I'm actually super cranky after a nap. Just saying. <laughs> and then I feel like I've wasted so much of the day. Just get it done. Get it done at night. It's all good. Yeah. That's great. Thank awesome. you. I'm a big fan. I follow Dr. Matsumura on Facebook. I follow her everywhere. 
and you do some amazing lives weekly. Can you let our listeners know how to get in touch with you? And then I'm also going to put that in the show notes and on, on the website so that they can. Sure. So I have a Facebook group that's a public group called Sleep Well with Andrea Matsumura, MD. And there I just share tips, tricks on sleep. I'll Like I reviewed sheets one day. I mean, it you know, so much is affected by sleep, menopause. I, there's a lot of women, there's athletes that mm-hmm. are on my Facebook um, site and clearly, you know, people who uh, are going through school, uh, so many things uh, affect people's sleep. And, and then I've got an Instagram account uh, mm-hmm. that is holistic sleep MD. And I'm also uh, doing a few lives there and I will share articles and tips and tricks there as well. So Those are the two ways. Awesome. Awesome. I'm (laughs) going to put that in the show notes as well. I highly encourage you to follow her. I remember the sheets episode and I was like, "Uh, I've got to get my hands on those immediately, if not sooner. (laughs) Brilliant. (laughs) Absolutely brilliant. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Dre, for being here today and having such a fun and important conversation about sleep and taking care of ourselves in general. I think there was so much value and I'm so grateful that people can hear it directly from you. I love your passion for people getting the proper amount of sleep. I love that you give us permission to give ourselves permission to tell us that we actually deserve that and that you're just such an advocate. I, I'm grateful to call you friend, my own personal sleep expert. Thank you very much. So thank you for being here today. Absolutely priceless. You're welcome. It was so much fun and everybody take care. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Dre. All right. Remember, we have a choice to lead our life or follow our circumstances. Life's about knowing your passions, purpose, values, and creating an impact in your life and the life of others. Who emerges from taking the lead in their lives will be authentic, vulnerable, courageous, and taking care of themselves, reducing stress, and getting sleep. And not just sleep really good sleep. Remember, we get to trust that more will be revealed as we move forward. So remember to take a pause and, you know, let go of worry, doubt, and anxiousness and live fully the best version of yourselves. So thank you so much for listening today. For more resources and if you have any questions or topics you want to address, please visit me at kellyjmobeck.com. You can email me there. If you've got something burning, like a burning topic or a question, drop me a line. We will take it on on future episodes. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Coach Kelly Mobeck. And please share this podcast episode with the people in your life. You deserve it. They deserve it. We all deserve it excellent sleep, and we will continue to take the lead together. So have a great week ahead and a great month ahead. It's November. And if it's not shaping up the way you want it to, take the lead and create a fantastic one. I'll talk with you next week. Have a great one. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Let's Be Honest Before We Start Pretending. For more resources on taking the lead in your life, head over to kellyjmobeck.com and connect with me on Instagram at Coach Kelly Mobeck. 
If this episode was helpful for you, please feel free to share it with friends, rate and review it on iTunes. That's Apple Podcasts now. And at any time, feel free to connect with me and let me know what you want to hear next or what you're working on. I'm happy to help. Thanks again for listening. And here's to you taking the lead in your life.